Next on BYU Sports Nation, tempers flare in day three of fall camp and BYU football pays the price. Say hello to a new regime of strict discipline. Why the high accountability is a good thing. And I would know. Former NFL and BYU linebacker David Nixon has an opinion as well. Plus, Kyle Davis of BYU Men's Basketball previews the Spain trip and Paige Hunt of number 19 BYU Women's Soccer. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's... Spencer Linton, and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU, Wednesday, August 12th. Media day for BYU football. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Brian Logan. Let's start with a shout-out to BYU linebacker Colby Jorgensen, who is now recovering from a broken neck injury. We obviously send our love and support to Colby and his family. Here's the report that came out of the Provo Daily Herald. Jorgensen fractured his neck and slipped a disc in his spine yesterday. It required Colby to undergo a six-hour emergency surgery yesterday. He had two rods inserted into his neck. Clearly, this is a very scary situation. The story has garnered national attention and support from major media personalities. Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports... Pat Forty of Yahoo Sports, Joe Klatt, a Fox College football analyst, all offering their thoughts and prayers to Colby along with us. Get well, Colby. This is just a really unfortunate situation, Brian. Yeah, definitely, definitely unfortunate. And uh, I mean, that's that's kind of the, the risk we take as as athletes, and and a little bit more so with with football, um, you know, and and, and technique and, and making tackles. So, yeah, I mean, first first and foremost, you know, get well soon, and and hope uh, for a speedy recovery. David Nixon said this is the injury that was in his nightmares. We're going to ask how this affects the morale of the team, perhaps the individuals, but most importantly, our love and support to Colby Jorgensen. Get better soon, Colby. We love you here at BYU Sports Nation. Here are the rest of today's BYUSN headlines. Women's soccer held their annual blue versus white scrimmage last night. The blue team won 3-0. to zero. Nadia Gom, uh, Gomez, uh, Elena uh, Maderas. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Who's right? that? What was that? Maderas. Okay. Maderas. Maderas. I was trying to. I was hey, trying. There to, you go. I was trying to have a little bit of that All Spanish right. to it. Maderas. Well, you is said that, Nadia. That... You said Nadia Gomez, but like, Gomez. like she's. It's actually Gomez. Gomez. Gomez is like the Gomes. the correct pronunciation, but it's just Gomes. I can't say Gomes. Americans say Gomes. But it's Gomez, though, right? Gom. It's Gomes. In America, it's Gomes. In Brazil, it's Gomes. But that's what I'm trying to do. Right oh, now. you're trying to be. You're trying to go for the Portuguese I pronunciation. Tr- I was trying to, and man. Maderas. Yes. Maderas. Maderas. Uh, and Michelle Murphy all had goals. Michelle Murphy got married as well, so her new maiden name is Vasconcelos. We should have put Vasconcelos. that in. Oh, see, oh, you messed it up, Spencer. So we got I a, blame a you. Gomes, a Maderas. Maderas. And a Murphy Vasconcelos. Hey, they went. They start on Saturday an exhibition against Arizona that will be live on BYU TV nine Eastern. BYU swimmer Jake Taylor, leveraging the BYU Sports Nation karma, qualified for the Olympic trials in both the 100 and 200 meter backstroke. Jake recorded a lifetime best in the 100 meter. Nice. As I said, BYU Sports Nation karma strikes again. Former Cougar Hayden Palmer also qualified in the 400 individual medley. It's it's real. You better ask somebody. Sports Illustrated has tabbed BYU as the top non-Power 5 Conference playoff sleeper team. Wait, stop it. Yep, I read right. 
Sports Illustrated mm-hmm. says BYU is the top non-P5 playoff sleeper. Yes. It's real. I tweeted it out. You can read all about that article. Just make sure that your blue goggles are firmly in place before you do. True. Or bad things could happen. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Discipline. Order. And progress. On day one of BYU football fall camp last Saturday, it became very clear to me that this team would be held to a much higher standard. You do something wrong, you're disciplined. You jump off sides, you go to your coach, and you do up-downs. You fault start, up-downs. You drop a pass, up-downs. Brian's having a nightmare right now, by the way, thinking about this. (sighs) But it's accountability. Last year, BYU was one of the most penalized teams in America. They are clearly implementing changes to try and remedy this. And that brings us to today's Twitter question, Brian. BYU had the fifth most penalty yards in the nation last year. How would you fix this issue? First tweet in from Matt Twiggy or Stone. I would talk with my locker room leaders. Allow the team to pick punishment for those who continue to be penalized. Hmm, What do you think about that response? Interesting. Uh, You know what? I like the team... Uh, standpoint, meaning if if we all if I mess up, we all mess up. So you know, penalizing somebody individually, I don't think really really works because I, me as a player, I'll run sprints all day, I'll do this all day. Okay, but if I gotta put my my brother's health in jeopardy, then that becomes a little bit more serious to me. At C Murphy Pro says, all you need to do is play Taysom Hill on defense, and there will be no more penalties. I'm not sure he can fix that. I know Taysom Mm -hmm. Hill fixes a lot of problems. I'm not sure that he can take care of all of the penalties. (laughs) 1,053 penalty yards, to be specific. The most frequently occurring penalty was the personal foul. Yesterday, day three of fall camp, the discipline hit the next level. At least two different fights broke out in practice, Brian, both of which resulted in intense conditioning, and you like this, for the entire team. 45 minutes of unanticipated, unwelcome conditioning in the heat. Guys collapsing, throwing up, heat exhaustion. The penalty for stepping out of line is stern. But there are a couple of things here, Brian. Fighting is polarizing. Some people like the passion. Yeah, let's go. Intensity up. That's what I want. Others hate the loss of control. How do you view the fight? Well, first of all, if I'm a player at going through that practice – I'm getting pickle juice and Gatorade and hydrating. I'm drinking gallons upon gallons of water just so I can survive. But I, I'm with, with some of the fans that like the passion. I, I love it. As a player, uh, I like to see fighting. Even as a coach deep down, I don't mind guys f- having a quick fight here and there. I'm all for it. See, that's the key, though. Quick, right? Quick. That, that's, that's the thing. When it interrupts the practice and that's getting better – when, when, when a fight is taking 10 minutes to break up, then that's when I have an issue. But if it's a 30-second thing, go ahead, do, do your thing, get your aggression out, make up, and then let's move on. But you got to understand where these guys, these, these guys are coming from. They're trying to compete for a starting spot. Most of these kids, they're trying to go to the NFL. That's not going to happen unless I become a starter. And so, yes, there, there's going to be emotions that are going to be running high uh, because you're trying to compete. 
Um, but at the end of the day, brothers fight, man. And and I've been on multiple teams, and I've been in multiple fights where we fight, we go in a locker room, we hug it out, and we never talk about it for the rest of the season. So I don't really have an issue with that. I'd rather see high intensity like this than, than my teammates and my brothers being soft poodles. Soft poodles. <laughs> Any day. Well, there's the comparison of the day right there. <laughs> Say no to the soft poodles. I can tell you who is not that. That's BYU linebacker Harvey Longy. He addressed the dynamic of the two-team mentality in fall camp. And there are two teams in fall camp. There is the offense and there is the defense, and they don't exactly like each other. Now I don't know you. Like, sorry, Louie, you know, sorry, Tijon and all these guys. Like, I don't know you. Like, right when it comes to them, like, it's almost like you have to build almost like not a hate, but just like we're not friends. I'm going to I'm do all I can to stop you guys, and you're going to do all you can to try to score on us. I get it. I've been on intense teams, but I haven't played BYU football. Brian has. Brian, this is an interesting dynamic because there are different standards here and expectations. And so how do you, how do you remain intense as a BYU football player, but not let things spin out of control? I, I love what Harvey said. Cause that's, that's the mind of a, of a linebacker. That's a mind of a defensive player right there. Look, look, man, outside of, outside of this locker room, or, you know, or, or outside of the field in practice, when we step between those white lines, we're not friends, homie. I don't know you, man. I don't know you like that. Don't try to give me love. That's literally my enemy. Yes, we're brothers. I care about your well-being. But I am trying to knock you out and win on every single play possible. Um, and, and so, yes, yeah, so you, you have to find that balance. And I think the first thing you have to do to remain intense um, is you have to find something to play for. If that means starting, right, if that means, uh, you know, I'm doing this for my family or I'm doing this for whatever. In 2009, 2010, something that we hung on to was we're fighting for every single blade of grass. So the, the, the person that I see across from me, they're in my way from accomplishing that goal. That's how I remain intense and fired up. You are in the way of my destiny. You, I have to do whatever, uh, you know, in my power to accomplish that goal, and, and you're, you're in, in, in that process, so I'm going to remove you. Second thing is to, to, to stay in control is you got to focus on the details. That's the thing. Keep the task at hand in mind. Exactly. So if, I, if, if, I'm, I'm, if I'm on a corner blitz, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this, potentially this offensive lineman is, is in the way of my goal, of, of, of the big goal and the immediate goal of trying to get a sack. So – that's how I'm going to stay intense, but how I'm going to stay in control and focus is by looking at the, or, or focusing on the little small details. Okay, I have to make sure my angles are correct. I have to make sure that, you know, I, 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 I'm not giving away that I'm blitzing at, the, at, a, at a certain time. You know, uh, timing the snap, all those little things. Tech, what technique am I going to use when, I, when I'm engaged with an offensive lineman? That's how you stay in control, but still stay in uh, you know, intense, and you, and you have that high-level energy. Here's the bottom line. BYU's trying to clean things up. No more dumb penalties. No more fighting. What I learned to practice yesterday, I tweeted out. Players fight. Players condition. Player is penalized. Player conditions. It's as simple as that. And here's why they are ramping things up. Bronco Mendenhall, combined with the efforts of Frank Wintrick, to go ahead and do this. It brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 81. BYU averaged 81 penalty yards per game in 2014. Mm. 
Now compare that to 2010. One Brian Logan's senior year, the last time Bronco Mendenhall took over the defense and demanded exactness. That year, BYU had a Bronco era best 42 penalty yards per game. So essentially half of what last year was. They were one of the best teams in the country in not being penalized. So this, Brian, is why Bronco and Frank are doing this and you lived it. But what was that experience like? What? How did that happen? How did BYU all of a sudden become one of the worst when you were one of the best in 2010? It was horrible, man. We ran and we ran and we ran some more. That's all we did during 2010 when Coach Mendenhall took over. That's why we call it the takeover, the Bronco takeover. And and any time that we were disciplined, we we ran. And it was further than than guys fighting and things like that. If if we went out in practice and we were in warm-ups and our and, and somebody's foot was on the line just warming up, we had to hit the fence and do it all over again. Oh, Kyle, Kyle Van Noy, everybody can blame Kyle because his foot was on the line. Oh. We'd be halfway through warming up. Warming up. We haven't even started practice yet. And we'd have to run. And and it it it, it caught on. Because the, the offense ended up doing it. There was times where we would run past the linemen and be joking like, oh, you guys got in trouble too? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, we got in trouble too. So, I, I mean, it, it, it started really with the, the details, like I said earlier. Focusing on the small things really allowed us to be focused when it was game time situation. Yeah, we can focus on our keys. We can focus on, uh, you know, our assignments and, and, and the tasks at hand. Because we were so focused on not stepping on the white line, Spencer, just to, just to run. So how much more of, of attention to detail do you think we, we had when it was game day? What showed up? It, it, there, there was time. No lie. I remember TCU we, we can, and three other games where we practiced or, or we ran Monday, all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday. It was middle of Wednesday when we first started prep. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I mean, going to the game. I don't really know what's going on. I haven't studied that much. I haven't even practiced. We've just been running. But we would eventually blow those teams out. So, I mean, it, discipline, man, is, is, is key. You weren't committing penalties. Nope, not at all. You not weren't all. committing and, penalties. And this is the thing. I can deal, as a coach, I can deal with the people jumping off sides and a defensive lineman jumping off sides. As long as they're going hard, they're going fast, you know, they're hitting the quarterback, that's fine. But if you are – if you make a sack and, and, and you're fishing, you know, you're, you're do, doing whatever, you know, showboating or personal foul trying to punch somebody, I can't deal with boneheaded decisions like that. I can't, that's not coachable. That's not teachable. Give me a guy that's going to go hard, that's going to go fast, and going to make mistakes fast. Exactness. That is what Bronco and Frank Wintrick – are asking of this BYU team. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Join BYU Sports Nation for our Twitter question. BYU had the fifth most penalty yards in the nation last year. 81 per game. How would you fix this issue? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Hobosita, more conditioning drills. Well, there you go. Because that's what's happening right now. There it is. At BYU Fan 1995, I can deal with some aggression penalties, but false start types, unacceptable. Most penalized don't get to start. See, I'm opposite. Nope. Mm-mm. Opposite. I'm op- that, is, that is coachable. That's correctable. But I cannot coach 
boneheaded mistakes. We'll get back to football in 15 minutes with David Nixon, but next, basketball and Kyle Davis as they prepare for their Spain trip. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV, our conversation that is happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. Did you miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation? The show is on demand by downloading our podcast on iTunes or the TuneIn app. Watch it on BYUSN.com. Our Twitter question today, BYU had the fifth most penalty yards in the nation last year. How would you fix this issue at SCWVB? Says, I don't think it's something too terribly to worry about. Means the boys are playing hard. Right? Right? That's what I mean, man. Do you want want monsters? Do you want beasts? Or do you want poodles, clouds, and rainbows, and unicorns, Spencer? Can I have it all? Actually, I, I would take you, a unicorn, Did though. you not play hard in 2010 when you only averaged 42 penalty yards per game? Oh, yeah. We played hard. We, we ran a lot. I mean, we were truly disciplined. Let me tell you how crazy this man, Coach Mendenhall, was. If the locker room was not clean, we had to run sprints. He would make us run sprints the entire practice for not having the locker room clean. We came up with a schedule on who had to vacuum. I, there was times where guys missed that, and the seniors, which were only five of us at the time, were literally vacuuming so we didn't have to run. Brian, get the feather duster! I'm like, man, I got homework that I'm not going to do. Why am I vacuuming right now? <laughs> and that's the truth. Yes. Coach, I got homework. I ain't going to do it, but I got homework. <laughs> right. Good it's grief. Great. It's like when you call me and you waste my free minutes. Have you seen the Marriott Center lately, Brian Logan? I have, yes. The renovations are close to being completed. Yeah, the video boards went up yesterday. There was actual basketball in the Marriott Center. And joining us now to break that down is Kyle Davis, transfer from Utah State, now an official member of the BYU basketball team, getting ready for Spain. Kyle, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you. How does the Marriott Center look? Oh my gosh, it looks amazing. It's got the blue seats all around it now. It's looking, uh, it's looking awesome. We got to practice in it yesterday after a long summer nice. in the RB. <laughs> Did that make a difference for you as a player when you can not only play in a, in a nice venue and a setting, but more so for your home court? Yeah, I think it helps for sure. Just being able to be on the court that you're going to play games in, the court. I mean, a lucky advantage we have right now is we get 10 practices before we go to Spain, which is what other teams don't get. So being able to get a couple in the Marriott Center will just even help us more come fall with the pretty new team. I'm gathering you appreciated it that much more, right? Yeah, it was awesome. It was, uh, And it just looks very cool. The The board is huge, and the, the blue seats make it just – there's a totally different feel and look to the, to the arena. You planned this perfectly. You yeah. had to sit out <laughs> last year after the transfer, but now you get to play your first real home game with the renovations. Exactly, exactly. Going to Spain, you leave on Monday, and you mentioned the 10 extra practices, which benefits a team. But what does is, what is BYU basketball want to accomplish while you're in international territory? You know, I think one is to get better as a team. We're going to be playing some great competition over their professional teams. And for a team that is, is new with a bunch of pieces coming in, we're going to have an opportunity to really learn how to play together, to be able to gel a little bit on the road. Uh, team bonding, of course, but I think for us it's about playing hard, and we want to win, and we want to play well, and, and just grow as a team to to be even more prepared for the season coming up. What about your specific goals? Do you have anything written down? Like I want 
double doubles, rebounds, points. There a certain emphasis on on the game. I want to run you? with the Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to run with the Bulls for sure. That's number one in Spanish. Just kidding. Uh, you know, I just want to do whatever I can do to help the team. I think a, a big way I can help the team is is rebounding. I think that's one of one of the skills I can bring to this team and and uh, be able to help in that way. And then just let the offense come uh, as it comes, as you say. We got a great point guard who will get you the ball when you're open, and then just uh, taking advantage of of the spots when you get it. You played against a team of BYU alumni players recently, and uh, I saw the picture. I thought it was really cool to see Trent Placid and Lee Kamard and Brock Zilstra, among other guys, uh, in here playing basketball. What was that dynamic like of the current guys going against a, a bunch of former BYU players, and some of them that were absolute standouts? Yeah, it was a it was a great scrimmage on Saturday. We they they had a good squad. We uh, we beat them. But uh, and we wanted to do that quite honestly because if if we don't beat them, we'll hear about it for a long time. <laughs> then if we do beat it, it's like oh, we didn't care anyway. So you know you have to win because because you just have to beat them. But uh, it was great to be able to play against them, dudes that have uh, had great college careers, and some have played in the professionals, and some of them are still uh, really really good. <laughs> we, we've been talking about intensity and and uh, trying to balance that. Was that how is that game? You know, some of the guys are a little bit older, some of the guys are still playing, but. Does it get a little bit chippy out there? Yeah, it, it gets chippy because, uh, like I said, nobody wants to lose because they want to claim their era was better than ours and, and all this stuff. So it got a – no one uh, – there were no fights or anything, but uh, we, it did get chippy and it, it, there were some hard fouls and some tough plays. you guys uh, call your own fouls? No, they had refs and everything. Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah, it, was, it was real. It yeah. was real. It was big time. Yeah, okay. Okay, speaking of intensity and fighting, things got out of control a little bit for the football team yesterday. They were quickly handled, and they were disciplined. 45 minutes of unwelcome conditioning in the heat, guys throwing up, passing out. It it was crazy. Now, I bring this up because I want to know, how do you, in those chippy moments, keep the intensity level up with the passion, but prevent it from kind of going out of control? Uh, Maybe that's the hardest thing to do because... uh... When you're at practice, you know you're not. It's not like a game. You know you're not going to get in huge trouble. You might by coach, depending on how how intense you are in the right. fight. But uh, we get scrappy sometimes at practice, and I think we just have good coaches that are able to help us be able to transition from moments where we want to kill each other to <laughs> to getting back and running drills and and, and improving because it really doesn't help to fight or anything. But it gets chipping. It's 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 a great thing about our team right now. I think is there is a lot of uh, intense guys and guys that that will. Uh, play their hardest, and sometimes that comes across a, a little chippy, you could say. Yeah. But Brian likes that. That's a good thing, right? I, I like it because of the. It drives competition, right? I yeah. mean, I mean, if you aren't chippy, if you don't have the intensity up, you're not. To me, you're not really competing at a high level. Um, so I, I think it actually works well together. And when you when you speaking of competition, who do you feel is the most competitive guy on the team? Oh. And this can be from this can be from anything. For example, me and my wife, when we play Uno, <laughs> she, I, you know, I whooped her the other night, and we didn't talk for the rest of the night. I mean, that's how competitive we were. So it could Seriously? be with that, with that, It's sad. Just pray wow. for me. Oh, yeah, we will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who would be the most in, uh, competitive? You know, I think there's. It's hard for me to pinpoint one guy on this team because there are there are a handful of guys that I could say are very competitive, very intense. Kyle, Chase, uh, Corbin. You Jake. included, right? Yeah, I, I would be in there. But there's a lot of dudes that are really competitive, which I think is what's a huge advantage to this team is there. 
I've been on teams and, and seen teams where there's one guy that, that is controlling the competitive level and mm-hmm. controlling everything. On this team, I mean, you've got four or five guys that are going to every single day be, be very intense, and that's going to raise and elevate players that maybe aren't naturally of that disposition. See, and so as a, as a player, and, I'm, and as a former player, you would much rather have those fights and those intense moments and, and, and know that, okay, we don't really hate each other off the field. We know this is just in the moment. But at the same time, you know how effective that can, that can be when you guys are in game-like situations. Yeah, I mean, in practice when we, we get so intense, the wonderful thing about it really is knowing that come game time, your brothers are going to have your back and that mm-hmm. they're going to be as intense as you are and that it, it really does create a unity. And then we're good at keeping it in control. There's not a <laughs> ton of fights, I don't think, <laughs> if, if any. But uh, but we do a, a, a good job of that, and I'm excited to see us uh, keep improving in that area as we, we keep practicing getting ready for the season. I'm gathering your patience level has grown over the past year, not being able to play and only being able to practice. I mean, you've had... It's hard. It's hard to wait uh, before you get to compete. So what did you learn in that time about yourself as a basketball player before now you get to go to Spain and then eventually you get to play in your first games with BYU coming up in in October and November? You know, one thing I I think I learned and uh, I hope I can bring this year is is being a better teammate even. Because when you can't play and you're not thinking about, oh, your responsibilities that week, or I need to do this, or I need to do that. You're able to really just look back and say, okay, how can I help this player? Like, how can I build his confidence? How can I uh, bring something to the scout team, for instance, last year when I was on that team, to to help the team be prepared for the game? So I think from that aspect, I I was able to get outside myself even more than I, I normally would have been able to, and I think that'll that's one thing I really learned that, that I want to be able to help the team with. This team had a lot of post-scoring threat last year. Uh, how much will that change this year? Well, lack of. Lack right? of, excuse me. Lack yeah. Uh, well, I think it's going to change uh, quite a bit. I think uh, me and Jamal can, can score in the post. And then you got Nate Austin, who's a, an effective post-scorer, and Corbin is as well. Corbin is, uh, has improved so much. He, he makes moves now that are, that are unstoppable, we'll yes. say. He's, he's, a, he's a beast down there. So I think you have a, And then you got new guys coming in like Braden Shaw and, and Jacob Hartsock that – that offer something in the post as well. Jacob's an incredible shoot, and Braden's a, a great player down there. So I think you're going to see a, a balanced attack coming from us this year. Who will be the most outstanding newcomer? You just mentioned some. Who's going to be oh. the guy that people are like, whoa, okay? Uh, I, th- I think you could see it from a number of guys on, on this team, but uh, really it's it's hard to pinpoint one. There's there's a lot of good players, a couple coming back from a mission like Corey Calvert, and, and then you got Nick, Nick Emery who's come in. So I think... You can look for great things from them, but as well, you, you'll probably see great things from Jacob Hartsock and 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 Braden. And, and this is a team that's going to be balanced, and there's a lot of guys that can play. But uh, Corey and Nick, uh, I think, could have could have great years. You know, I'm picking you, right? As my newcomer of the year, are <laughs> great. you cool? Are you cool with that? Yeah, I'm okay. cool with that. I'm picking Kyle Davis. <laughs> Kyle, great to have you. Enjoy the Thank trip you. to Spain. You leave on Monday. Uh, we wish you the best. We'll be following you, and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thanks very much. Kyle Davis in Studio B of BYU Basketball. We'll go back to football after the break. Penalties, skirmishes, and conditioning, or as we like to call it, just day three of BYU football fall camp. David Nixon weighs in on all of that next on BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. This just goes to show you, ladies and gentlemen, that fighting brings unity. In a weird way, yes. (laughs) It's okay. Brothers brothers fight. That's right. Fight all the time. 
Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan broadcasting in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Don't forget to go to BYUtv.org and vote for the greatest plays of independence. Wait, wait, can we play the music, please? Oh, you're right. False start. Do we have false start? No, 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 no. Do we have yes. Okay, now okay. go, Brian. Okay. Now, here we go. Here we go. On the first and fifteen. Don't forget to go to BYUtv.org and vote for the greatest plays of independence. As we are in week two, and we have two Kyle Van Noy plays going head to head at this moment. Which was more impressive, the fumble recovery for a TD against Ole Miss or the hit six against San Diego State? Vote now on BYUtv.org. The fife and drum just puts you in the mood. I don't know why I do independence. the two fingers and just go up and down. I know, down. right? <laughs> straight, it's, it's straight out of the 80s. Yes, the news report from Bunker Hill. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Uh, starting with this, Colby Jorgensen had a really scary moment yesterday, fractured his neck and slipped a disc in his spine yesterday at the beginning of fall camp. We obviously are concerned about him. Our thoughts and prayers go to Colby and his family. He underwent a six-hour emergency surgery, had two rods inserted into his neck. That report according to the Daily Herald. Women's soccer held their annual blue versus white scrimmage last night. The blue team won 3-0. BYU swimmer Jake Taylor qualified for the Olympic trials in both the 100 and 200 meter backstroke. Congratulations, Jake. Get ready for this. Sports Illustrated has tabbed BYU as the top non-Power 5 conference playoff sleeper team. Joining BYU Sports Nation right now, our good friend, former linebacker in the NFL and at BYU, David Nixon. David, we're going to go ahead and start with uh, a little bit of a downer. Colby Jorgensen, we just mentioned that news, fractures his neck yesterday in practice. You tweeted that an injury like that was your, quote, biggest fear. How does an injury like Colby's affect a team's morale? You know, it's tough. I mean, you've got, you've got one of your brothers that's uh, been injured and, um, and a bad injury. I mean, that's one that most likely, I mean, we'll, we'll see what the, what the doctors say, but my guess is that ends his career, and he, he's done for now because that's something you don't mess with. In fact, I had a brother-in-law, uh, yes, one of my other brother-in-laws, same, same thing. He uh, broke his neck. Um, actually on the mission, came home and re-injured in football, and he got uh, uh, was a medical the rest of his career, so he never played He never played it down. So, scary thing, obviously football is now second, and uh, getting uh, Colby, you know, making sure his surgery went well and that he's uh, good to go is, is pri- the primary focus, but um, it's tough, it's tough to, to watch one of your guys, because that is, it is, your, it is your biggest fear. I mean, it's something that you can't really worry about, per se, because the second you become hesitant, is the second you do get injured. I mean, when you're playing ball out there, you have to be going full speed all the time. Um, but having that injury in the back of your head, because you, you hear about it all the time, guys getting paralyzed or, or guys having those type of serious injuries, and it's a scary deal. That's football. I mean, you, you know what you're getting into when you step on that field, but obviously you just hope that nothing comes uh, about like that. But, uh, you know, uh, like, like I said in my tweet, my thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. You know, that's what I was going to talk to you about next, David, was – the the guys and the morales and, and the individual players being hesitant, right? And, and you, like you said, you hear it all the time and you know the risk, but to, to flat out see it and, and be a part of it and, and know somebody directly that has had that injury, what do you do as a player to bounce back mentally and, and make sure that, that that doesn't affect you? Yeah, I mean, I think if anything, it might strengthen this team in the sense that, you know, hopefully it unites them even more um, to realize that, hey, this is, uh, you know, we're in this together, basically. Um, but, you know, once again, you, you can't be hesitant out there because we all know the second you're going half speed um, or kind of tiptoeing around stuff is, is the second you really do get injured. 
Um, and, and football at the same time, once that adrenaline gets in, it's, you know, the thought of getting hurt isn't really at the forefront of your mind. Uh, it's, it's going out there and, and playing ball. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if it necessarily will affect the players per se, but there's no question that emotionally, uh, you know, one of their brothers has fallen and, and uh, they'll, they'll be worried about him. But they know they've got a task at hand to continue to go out there and prepare and get ready for the season. Um, and I imagine that they'll, uh, they'll have him, you know, in, in their thoughts as they continue to prepare. BYU TV college football analyst David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation. Yesterday was kind of a weird practice. Obviously, the injury factoring into that. And then some skirmishes. The team was disciplined very sternly. 45 minutes of intense conditioning that caused all sorts of fallout in terms of guys getting sick and passing out and all that stuff. Do you look at this, David, as a good thing that BYU is intense and getting in fights and then thus requiring the discipline? I mean, where, how do you view that? I, listen, you're, we're, we're just a few days into camp. I mean, these guys are excited to get back at it. Um, the, the, the true excitement, and Brian can attest, the true excitement is kind of worn off now that you're a couple days in. You know, those first few days, you're, you just can't wait to be back. But now it's kind of wearing off. You're like, man, we, we still got some time before the season rolls around. You know, we, 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 we've got some serious time we got to put in. So, um, you know, I, 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 this, the fighting thing is not a big issue. I mean, it happens in football all the time. And, and if anything, it can, it can kind of get guys excited and, and maybe get some motivation there when they are dragging, when, when they are a little tired. Um, what is interesting to see is Coach Minhall um, disciplining the team. When, when I was there, uh, he never disciplined us for fighting. He just break it up and you know say on to the next drill. So, interesting approach that Coach Minhall's taken with his team. I uh, will say I talked to Taysom yesterday. He said that uh, that was the hardest practice he's ever been through, um, and I, I imagine it was because of all that conditioning. So, um, you know, t- take a different approach. You have seen these fights going on in the NFL. You see guys now getting sucker punched. I mean, it is it can be dangerous um, with, with those fights. And I know Coach Manhall doesn't want that type of environment. Um, but uh, like I said, interesting. He's taking this hard stance on on discipline and when it does happen. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if there's any more fights going on the rest of the, uh, the fall camp. But um, you know, like I said, I I personally sometimes liked in the sense that you know it kind of guys got guys excited when there was a kind of a dragging day and there was a fight. It kind of guys kind of got guys focused and 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 got guys going. So we'll see. We'll see what type of effect it has on the players. Dave, I, I agree with you 100%, man, as, as far as seeing the, the intensity, the passion, and then that just literally electrifying the rest of the team and the team uh, producing at a, at a much higher level uh, than previous. Uh, but it's always a fine balance between intensity and, and discipline and, and being on task. How were you able to do that? as a player when you played? Yeah, you know, it is a fine line. I mean, it, here's the thing, too. When, when the fight does break out, I mean, it's the, it's the written code, not the unwritten code. It's the written code that you go, go there to back up your buddies. So, um, you know, you're going to see these fights that kind of escalate. And this one, a fight that starts between a defensive back and a wide receiver get into a little scuffle will turn to the whole defense versus the offense. Um, so I think the biggest thing is, is maintain the discipline and the, the focus, knowing that, hey, we're wasting valuable time, right? You only have so many hours you can spend out there on the field. And if you spend half that time getting in fights and trying to break up the fight, you're getting no work done on the field. And you're not getting your, your defenses and your offensive packages installed. And, and you're missing out on valuable red zone time or whatever it may be. So keeping that in mind, you know, the hope is to hopefully, you know, have anything like that die down and um, get back get back to playing ball. Because it can, it can distract and take away time and, 
and I remember my freshman year with Croton, there were fights all the time. And uh, we would, uh, you know, sometimes we actually plan the fights because we didn't want to do certain drill, like nine on seven or something. <laughs> and uh, we we go out there and say, hey, let's get in a fight today because we don't like doing an inside run uh, nice. drill today. Uh, I don't know if that team, the team this year with BYU or with Broncos doing that. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 it is a fine line. But at the same time, if there is a fight, I mean, you can't just sit there and say, hey, i got to be disciplined and stay out of it. I mean, you have to go back with your buddies and – and and make sure that uh, you know that both sides respect you. David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation. BYU is one of the most penalized teams in America last year. David, top five, eighty-one yards per game. They run a lot of plays, so automatically there's a greater chance for them to be more penalized. But when you look at the efforts being made in camp to penalize individuals for any little slip up, do you think it's going to work? Do you think it will will show in games and it will make a difference? You know, I think so. I, I think, you know, last year there were a lot of dumb, you know, after the after the play was over, uh, personal foul penalties and, um, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct that, that you have to rid yourself of. I can handle a, a false start or even an offside because you're trying to be aggressive and, and you know, jump the, the snap count. But when you're doing dumb penalties, shoving guys after plays or taunting, things like that, you know, I think that's what um, I think Bronco would probably be most upset about. He's never upset about those hustle plays or, uh, ones that you're trying to be aggressive on, the ones that are just dumb penalties, I think, are the ones he gets frustrated over. And so, I, you know, I imagine the fighting is one of them. I mean, that, that'd be a 15-yard penalty. It's not an ejection of one of your main starters. And I think that's what he's trying to to send the message with. Is if you get in a fight, I mean, during the regular season, that's a that's a penalty, and you're flagging you're out of the game. I mean, that that really hurts the team. And so, send that message early, I, I think, is crucial. Um, but uh, you know, I don't think when I was there, we were one of the worst penalized teams as well. I mean, we were. We were always up there in the, in the top 15, 20, um, but we still produced on the field. And so I, there's, I don't know if there's a direct correlation, per se, between the two, um, but I do think with the personal fouls and, and the unsportsmanlike conduct, there's a direct correlation showing that you do lack the discipline um, to, to either walk away or, or, or just kind of not taunt or whatever it may be. Um, so, I, like I said, I think it's good to send the message early, and hopefully this year's team uh, you know, won't be ranked in that top five. David, Harvey Longy is looking like he will be the vocal leader of the defense. How important is it for the leader to come from the linebacking position? I mean, shouldn't it come from the secondary? No, please. Never. <laughs> Never. The secondary, listen to the linebackers at all times, all places, and all things. Um, no, it is. It's, it's really important. And, and I think the biggest thing with Harvey, I think, is, is not only him being vocal, but he's got to go out there and produce on the field. I mean, that vocal leadership only counts whenever that player is actually producing. Nobody's going to listen to a leader that's all yelling at, let's go, let's go, if they're going out there and they're missing their assignments and they're not where they're supposed to be. And so I think the biggest thing is, is Harvey goes out there, knows the defense, he's in his right position, and then people start to respect him and say, look, this guy is a leader. He knows what he's doing. He's a, he's a producer. Um, and, and then they'll start to really listen to him. But the biggest thing for him is, yeah, be the vocal leader, but also be out there in practice showing that you're putting the effort and the hustle um, and that you can be dependent upon because if not, then all that goes for nothing and nobody's going to pay attention to any words you're saying. So um, with him kind of trying to solidify that position, that starting position, and be that guy, I think that will continue to develop throughout camp as he uh, gets those reps and, and shows that he can be the, the playmaker for that defense. Great stuff with David Nixon. David, always a pleasure, my friend. We are one day closer to BYU football. Hope you're ready. Uh, most definitely. Take care, guys. Thanks, guys. Speaking of... September 5th, Brian. September 5th. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 24 days.
24 days away. Three weeks from this Saturday, BYU will play college football on ABC National against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Up next, BYU women's soccer. Yeah, the other football. Took to Southfield last night in the blue and white scrimmage. Paige Hunt joins us next to talk about returning to form after her mission. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan, live from Studio B. Thank you for that, Spencer. Nice. That's good, huh? Throwing it back. Did you miss our interview earlier with Kyle Davis or David Nixon? No worries. Go to YouTube.com forward slash BYU TV Sports to watch all of our interviews on the show. You can also download the podcast for that good stuff. Joining us now, guest number three. Her name is Paige Hunt. Junior for BYU Women's Soccer, just returned recently from her mission to Indianapolis, Indiana. Paige, welcome to Studio B and BYU Sports Nation. Thank you. It's glad to be here. Okay, your coaches are super high on what you've done to be able to get yourself back in game form. But for you, what was the toughest part about transitioning back from missionary life now into soccer life? Um, I think the hardest part was trying to get my mindset back, just focusing on soccer 24-7, being busy. It was nice. I came back, jumped into soccer camps and coaching, so it was easier to work out with the team every morning when you're already down here working camps and getting the ball at your feet. Um, so, it, Is there anything that your coaches do for return missionaries specifically, like a certain type of program for, for training to, just to get you guys uh, back and in, in, in acclimated to soccer or in soccer shape? Yeah, so I wasn't able to play with the team for the first couple of weeks, which was really hard. I was getting frustrated. I'm like, no, I'm ready. Bring it on, you know, right. eager to get back. But they said, no, you need to lift more. You need to run more. And then coupled with Carolyn, our trainer, they talked and officially and about four weeks in, we're like, okay, you can free play, meaning just like 4v4, small-sided stuff. And then the blue and white game actually yesterday was the first kind of 12 like oh, big nice. game I could play in so it was exciting so it was a process definitely you told me something last night that blew my mind you woke up <laughs> at 5 30 every morning as I a did. missionary I did it was to important. Work okay okay now I'm not so much okay I get you like you're you're a special person an overachiever okay just so settle down but you have to have somebody with you at all time, a missionary companion. How did you convince those people to get up with you at 5.30 every morning? Oh, you know, I was like, if you do this for me, you know, I'll give you a massage or something. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it wasn't like that. I was honest. I was like, you know what? I have to do this. Well, I want to. It's important to me. So if you would just be willing to get up, you don't have to work out. I told them that. I was like, you can just sit there. Just don't leave my sight and we'll be good. I'll hop on the treadmill, run for an hour, get my workout in and... Then they were like, okay. Did they just go back to sleep? They Sometimes I'd like look over and they'd be nodding off. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is okay. <laughs> we can do this. Just as long as you can see them, but, right? Yeah. right? Like, just don't leave. Okay, here, here's the thing. Last year, you were named to the West Coast Conference <laughs> preseason all-conference first team. And I'm like, she's on a mission. Yeah. <laughs> so did, did you hear about this? I did. So I actually got a letter from my dad beforehand. And I like read it. I'm like whoa like okay well i'm that good i, <laughs> I am that good no, yeah. no i just didn't 
really think much about it and I didn't want to like say anything to anybody because I was like I'm on a mission I'll I'll kind of handle it when I get back but then President Cleveland my mission president heard and in a missionary meeting a zone <laughs> meeting he announced it and brought me up and I was super embarrassed I was like oh no West but, Coast Conference first congrats so so how was it uh to work under the direction of um former BYU men's basketball coach Steve Cleveland it was it was incredible. That's why I knew I was supposed to go to that mission. Totally relatable. When I wanted to vent about working out or wanting to play, he totally understood me and yeah. could help me out. I could just talk to him like he's my best friend. And it's kind of funny because there were other athletes called to that mission from Utah football, from like baseball, golf, and so we all were like, "Yep, we were called here because of President <laughs> Cleveland. He can help us out." So it was incredible. What are your expectations for you this year coming off of the mission? Um. Well. I definitely want to be back to where I was by the time season actually starts. So I'm being patient with myself right now. I was talking to Coach Watkins last night. I was a little frustrated with my performance, but he's like, Paige, you've been back a little over a month. Like, what else do you expect? And I'm like, Coach, I want to play now. Like, I want to be where I was. But to be realistic, I need a couple more weeks to be back where I was, but I have full faith that I'll get there. Yes, that that intensity. That's that's a a topic that we've been discussing uh, throughout the entire show about – uh, practicing with your teammates and, mm. and, and having that passion and, and wanting to compete, but how that can uh, lead to some chippiness, some fights. Yeah. Uh, has How do you guys <laughs> experience that? Have you guys experienced some of that so far this year? Yeah, well, preseason or like when camp first starts, we usually do 1v1s for the first couple of practices, and pretty much coach will like roll a ball in between you and you just, you just go at it. Uh-oh. It's like... That. full out and so it was okay. fun to get back to that because you you just compete but it's so cool because after practice is over you, everything's fine just we're all, all right? best friends yeah whatever happens on the field stays there and then you go eat as a team and you're all best friends again so. no major scuffles no no broken nothing jaws too big. no thank heavens <laughs> close <but. laughs> Paige with us junior for BYU women's soccer on BYU Sports Nation you have a Hawaii trip that is yeah. coming up very quickly you will play two top 20 teams, number three, yeah. Stanford, number 18, Cal. You start with Cal. It's hard not to uh, look at those games and get excited about them, but are they the games that you're most looking forward to? Um, I would say they're going to be really exciting and intense, but I'm really excited to play Portland. I think that's kind of mm-hmm. weird to say. It's either Utah or Portland because when I was here my freshman and sophomore year, those were the most intense games, and there's nothing like playing those teams. It's always, always a good game, so – I am excited for Cal and Stanford, but I think I'm most excited for Utah and Portland. Okay. Yeah, kind I re- of a unique I respect, turn. I respect the, the, the Utah. That's always one circle, but, but Portland. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay, mark them down. Circle and page. Right. Great to have you in Studio B. Thank you. We wish you the best of luck in your exhibition game against Arizona on Saturday. That will be broadcast live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern. I'll be on the call with Natalie Lewis. And, uh, yeah, thanks for coming in on your day off. Thank you. Thank you. Paige Hunt. Hey, don't let the, don't let the smile fool anybody. <laughs> Okay, we were just talking. You can put a soccer ball at her feet in an opponent's jersey. It is on. Yeah, she says she turns green. Raging bull. <laughs> green and bluish, which Raging is Raging bull, Paige Hunt. <laughs> up next on BYU Sports Station, everything else you need to get caught up on in the Cougar Whip Around, plus our elite tweet of the day, and who deserves our rise and shout? What do you think, Brian? Mm. Does Paige deserve the rise and shout? Perhaps. Paige. She's a nominee, right? Yeah. Anybody that turns bluish green, too, <laughs> deserves it. It's true. It's true. 
BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Kobe Jorgensen fractured his neck in day three of fall camp. He's out for the 2015 season. Get better, Colby. Sports Illustrated lists BYU as one of six college football playoff sleepers for the upcoming season. Soccer. In the blue and white scrimmage, the blue team won 3-0 over the white team to kick off the 2015 season. Exhibition Saturday night on BYU TV against Arizona 9 Eastern. Swimming and diving. Jake Taylor qualified for the Olympic trials in the 100 and 200 meter backstroke. Hayden Palmer also qualified for the Olympic trials in the 400 meter individual medley. Men's basketball. BYU basketball practiced for the first time in the Marriott Center since renovations began. They leave for Spain on Monday. Baseball. Adam Law went 2-4 for four with an RBI in a 6-1 to one Tulsa Drillers win over the Frisco Rough Riders. Men's Volleyball. Ben Patch, Jake Langlois will play for Team USA in the Pan Am Cup in Reno, Nevada. Team USA plays Argentina tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern. Josue Rivera will also compete for Puerto Rico as they face off against Canada that match at 8 Eastern. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help for the most. DexterLaw.com. I'm giving it to Paige Hunt. Who wakes up at 5.30 in the morning as a missionary every day so that they can stay in shape knowing that they're going to come back and play a Division One sport? Yes. Who has the discipline to do that? Not Amazing. I, I, nope. Mm-mm. I don't even think I could go on a mission. So that's yeah, well, one, one to go that's on a, a mission the and first then to do that. Yeah. Mm-mm. Unbelievable. Yeah, maybe yeah. we should give the rise and shout to her companions that had to wake the, up yes, at 5.30. Yes, yes, the companions. I had yeah. to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Our Twitter question today, forget that for now. Okay, here we go. This, this coming in from at Soto underscore Vic. Vic Soto, former NFL player and BYU star, he calls out David Nixon. He says, Dave's never been in a fight. What? So David has no context here? To which David responds, Haha, what are you talking about? Barry Lamb and I were throwing haymakers back in our day. <laughs> Coach Lamb. Oh, I love Coach Lamb. He's okay. So funny. Uh, okay. Is that true? I w- we need to ask Barry Lamb about that. Did David Nixon ever throw a punch at you? It wouldn't surprise me, man, because Coach Lamb is super intense. And he's one of those guys that will, like, kick you out of practice. He'll yell at you all the way till you get to the locker room. And then right after, we'll sit by you. Uh, and and have lunch and just talk to you like you're his son. It's it's amazing. He can turn off. He can flip the switch. Oh yeah, easily. BYU had the fifth most penalty yards in the nation last year. How would you fix this issue? Bring on the elite tweet of the day. At CJ America says, put the fear of Bronco in them. Hashtag Broncophobia. Hashtag Perfect Tens. Hashtag Running for everything you do. That's a real thing. Broncophobia. Thanks to Kyle Davis, David Nixon, Paige Hunt, everyone on our crew. Join us on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. We're on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast on iTunes. For Brian, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Ambrosia Anderson.